This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Big Interview Q&A show. I'm Neil White and with me today are Graham Hunter, host of the Big Interview, and our guest with the A's for your Q's, Pete Jensen, who I hope you're all listening to and watching on La Liga TV. We have questions, as always, from our socios who support this podcast at patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter. And the first of them to step up to the plate is Jake Garlic, who asks, why have the wheels fallen off so badly at Lariel. Perhaps, perhaps we should, you know, lay down some facts. They've dropped to sixth. I think the last time we recorded, they were either still first or possibly they just dipped to second. And I think one win in 10 La Liga games. Jakey, Jakey, thanks for being in touch. And the first thing I want to say is Q&A stands for querulous and angry. And uh, Pete's the querulous one. And Jake, um, for, for my money, it depends how you categorise uh, wheels coming off. M- my opinion is that they've learned a lot from that 10-game spell, which preceded the 11th game to finalise last season, when things weren't good, they were predominantly losing, and they didn't have a clue why or how to react. And... Um, I want to leave room for Pete because I kind of, we haven't rehearsed this, but I kind of know where some of his answer is going to go. So I don't want to tread on that turf. But in in my opinion, that lack of knowledge of how to seal a game, because, for example, they went in the derby and they won at some mamas, if I remember correctly, that it was that they won away from home, 1-0 away from home. And... Um, when Garidi talked about it, he said, oh, we, we went back to basics, we defended and played long and we knew that would un, unhinge them and, and we knew that we would win and, and we did. And I thought that was a healthy, not just beating Athletic in the derby, um, uh, Mr G, I, I, I thought that the, the coming up with a solution was important and to come to the end of your um, period that you're talking about, uh, Jake, when they played, you know, we're recording, so this won't be out before the second instalment of Real Sociedad Betis. But when they played Betis at this weekend, and it ended with uh, <laughs> with Imanol uh, doing a hold my jacket Glasgow pub style and throwing his anorak at the bench and stomping around the sidelines because one of the most complete and interesting and dominant performances of the season, not just from Larial but from anybody ended up with a 2-2 draw because, well, because Joaquin. I still think that we saw 
them beginning to get things right again. They didn't tuck away the victory then, but my opinion is that it's coming. And I'll flick at three things that I think are important and allow Pete to pick up. One, David Silva had an impact and he had a particular impact on Janusai and the team's quality of play. He's been quite absent, um, mostly through injury. Oyarzabal remains, even with Silva at the club, their best player, their most important player, their leader in football and spiritual terms. And he went through a little spell where he was out of the team, needed to recuperate, um, got back and, and kind of, in his terms, it was business as usual again. But in market terms, even though they've done that operation with William Jose to to George Mendes FC, uh, Wolves, and brought in Carlos Fernandez, which seems, I think, probably net to, to probably be good business. They, their market work hasn't been good enough at centre-back. And I, I don't like when players are misused just because you can use them in a second or third position. Um, so Zubeldia has now got massive amounts of competition in central midfield, but he's not, is not, cannot be a central defender. And they've used him there in emergency and then become, become accustomed to using him there. And it's wrong, just plumb wrong. Um, Pete, the hot potato... Did I ever tell you about the day that Rod Stewart threw a hot potato from the next door house onto our roof? I can come back to it if you want. Anyway, the Baby Jane, the hot potato is, is coming your way. I would go straight into the centre-backs as Graham's finished on the centre-backs. I, I think when a team has a really good season, really, really good season, more often than not, they've had the same central defensive partnership throughout the entire campaign. You can, you can dip into any era, any team... You know, and there's a village Ferdinand, or there's a Diego Carlos Cunde at the heart of, of why they had a good season. And and I think about the first ten games or so, Lennon Mand and Elustondo were playing alongside each other, and it weren't just it wasn't just that they were both playing well. They, they seemed to have formed a really really good partnership. And and it's such a shame that mainly because Elustondo has been injured, um, that that partnership has disappeared, and they just haven't been able to field it. And then. Obviously, you get into the Graham's point about then what do you do in the absence of, of that pairing? Um, and the two, two other quick things, Silver, Graham's already mentioned it, um, and, and he he helps them see out games because he keeps the ball so well and he's so clever and he's so competitive and he's so experienced and, and, and he was doing that at the start of the season So to be without him for so long. And the other thing is William Jose. Um, I was speaking to someone the other day who, who knows the club really well and, and just basically asking them, why Why is he always unhappy? Why does he always want to leave? This was before he left. Um, and they said that, you know, he's never really fitted in at the club and, and um, he doesn't much like the competition um, with, with Isaac. Um, so maybe it's for the best that he's gone. Let's see how it works out with Carlos Fernandes. He was really impressive last season um, for Granada. He's not quite a number nine, or at least he wasn't last season for Granada. So uh, how that works um, in the way that Iguazil wants to play, Imanol wants to play, we'll see. But I think those three points, not having a really strong second striker to be pushing uh, Isaac 
um, the central defensive partnership breaking up and the absence of silver. But also, as Graham says, you know, wheels, the wheels have not quite come off. They were brilliant at the weekend. And in that run of 10 games, by the way, five of them were draws. So, you know, they'll come back again. I'm sure they will. And they'll still be in that race for the top four. I think we have to use our words, or at least my words, against ourselves. Because last time we spoke, I got awfully excited about the idea that there's this real clutch of badge-committed, home-trained young footballers who carry an identity, who are not just in the team a little bit like, say, Oligar for Barcelona, because, well, you're one of ours and you're kind of handy. There's there's tremendous talent um, which has been in the youth system, which, if I don't get mixed up, can I say Zubieta, Pete? Is that right? You're right, yeah, Zubieta. As I know uh, Jake's question wasn't condemnatory, but I think in the trade that the three of us work, you have to be careful about how quickly you can expect the the not a, not a new generation flowering and looking pretty and all that kind of stuff, but how soon are they battle-hardened? How soon as a group... Are they going to be ready for the types of situations that um, Jake Carlett is looking at and Peach just said, look, they haven't been all that bad. They haven't been defeated all the time. And I think we're in the middle of a process. And, and I think that they, the, the younger players are, are in the process of finding solutions. And I don't think you can, you know, even a good coach, you can't demand that from them. They, they, they learn, um, they take... What, what did Brathwaite say to us today about using mistakes or failures as um, a springboard to be different, to be better? Well, that's happening in front of our eyes in a year where they've never played in a more odd, odd situation. How many games a week? They had a, a really demanding Europa League group where they got through in the last minute against Napoli. Um, they had no pre-season. They're they're youngsters. They're not they're not anywhere near any of our three different ages. So they've got you know they've got the same worries about grandparents and parents and you know and they're living in an odd situation. I have I it causes me no surprise that La Real are 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 patently um, what do you call it a working a working progress. No one talks about that real life stuff you know, in the middle of the pandemic. No one's talking about the fact that these are all groups of young men, you know, aged between, what, like 17 and 35, and they're all having to deal with all the stuff that we're dealing with. So, of course, sometimes... No, but don't don't we as a, an industry get into... I know the word narrative gets overused, but a narrative of... It's now no longer even assumed or a subconscious tone of voice in the media that footballers are simply plastic toys to be taken out at the weekend on a Wednesday it, it goes unspoken that their only duty is to pop out like the like the, whatever the, a cuckoo clock well it, it's it's Sunday at six o'clock or it's Saturday at nine o'clock and therefore oh well we're interested in you know one of the things that's happening with all the the rows about footballers and um, COVID is that you know please God it continues but it, amongst the young community 17 to say 40, 45 in football, professional football around the world. So therefore coaches who are still fit, members of the technical staff who are, you know, in, in, in good nick, plus players. So far, of all the infections that, are, that have been had, they seem to shrug it off really as if it was a common cold. That's not been the case in the broader population. But if you were, if one of us were a, a, a multimillionaire 22 year old in football and you looked around you think well we're immune 
because they all seem to shrug it off. The, so behaviour patterns and, and football are struggling a little bit for understanding um, why am I distracted, why have I made a little mistake, uh, why haven't I trained as well this week. I, like you said there, Neil, that we, nobody ever talks about the fact they're actually human beings. If I could make a, a slight sort of L'Oreal bridge, um, if we look back at last season, obviously one of the players that lit up for them was Martin Odegaard, and it still looks like we're recording on the 26th of January. At the moment, it still looks likely that, that he might end up the end the window as an Arsenal player on loan. Um, no play from Madrid, it seems, to a, a permanent move. But from your point of view, if we look at the perspective of the player... And both the clubs involved, Madrid and Arsenal, how does that move look to you guys? Pete, how about you? I don't really understand it. Uh, I don't. If Odegaard has still got um, these tendonitis problems, and it's going to be a problem that's going to be with him, you know, until he has a prolonged rest, which will be at the end of the season, then I don't understand why Arsenal are, are, have come in for him and are paying, for, you know, are paying what they're paying to take him to the end of the season. And if he doesn't have those physical problems anymore, and and his desire to get away and to play suggests he doesn't then I cannot understand why Real Madrid see no, see no use for him in the second half of the season. Um, we all know how wonderful the Modric, Casemiro, Tony Cruz midfield is, but it's not going to play every game for the rest of the season. Odegaard was sensational in the first half of last season. He was the best player in La Liga. Um, and it's just beyond my comprehension why Zidane doesn't see how Odegaard is, is, is not going to help him get back, well, they're still in the title race, overturn Atletico's lead in the title race and, 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 and make a case for, you know, winning the Champions League. I just do not understand it. And I think it's, if he's fit, then it's a brilliant move for Arsenal. Unless, Graham, unless, unless, Madrid, unless Madrid are so seriously uh, troubled financially that they're thinking, well, a quick two million because, you know, what Arsenal are paying for having, to have him for the rest of the season. And also, if he plays really well, it will help us sell him at the end of the season. I, I don't have any question that unless Zidane moves out at the end of the season, we've learned, just like we learned with Regulon and Ashraf and Sabias, which I can see, that once once you're not in Zidane's sweet spot, then it's going to be lemons from there on in. It's just That's just the way that he operates. And I don't mean to make that sound vindictive. And... I think one of the, th- the things I've learned, and I heard repeated recently, but it's certainly one of the things that when Gianluca Vialli and Gabriel Marcotti were writing their book about football together that I helped on, they sat down with Alex Ferguson and he gave one of his best ever revelatory interviews, both on and off mic. And one of the things he said, and this was in a different time um, when he was speaking about himself differently, he said, I, I haven't always been better than my rival managers, but some of them... Um, don't understand the idea about shit or get off the pot. A lot of them, he said, prevaricate. They did their, they're, they're afraid of the consequences of making a decision. He said, I weigh things up. I might make a mistake, but I'm not afraid of getting it wrong. But what I gain is grabbing the nettle and, and, and not putting it off almost always buys me advantage of some kind. And when I get it right... And I've got it right quicker than most of the people I'm up against. Great, okay. So Im- imperfection, but but <laughs> and not just momentum, bull in a china shop, head down. That avoidance of risk, that avoidance of um, I, I don't want to put myself out there is something we see on the pitch. 
uh, and we see in managers. And recently in an interview that will come out later, I, I, I spoke to Munchie was the interview. And Munchie talked about being unafraid to trust people that he are in his team and go with them and accept the consequences. And I don't want to put Zidane up there with those two outright geniuses, but I think there's an element of that in Zidane's approach whereby, really, to be honest, I could be cruder about it. He doesn't give two fucks what anybody else thinks. And also, he's, he's immune. So he takes decisions that have repeatedly looked odd. I and mean, Pete was really articulate there about the, the, the strange case of Martin Odegaard as written by Agatha Christie. But, like, Ashraf's a good and impactful player and there's a place for him at that club and he's not there. Ditto Regulon. I think we know that Regulon blocked his copybook with one of Stan's boys a little bit which can happen on a training ground and yet there's been no forgiveness, there's been no clemency. Uh, and so w- w- when I look at Odegaard um, and Sudan, I, I think that there probably will be a gathering of money to throw at Mbappe at the end of the season. I think that the, the reason that Madrid have done this is that there's a general acceptance that once you're out with Zidane, you're out. And again, I don't mean it in a vindictive way, but he kind of makes his mind up. Why he's made his mind up on Odegaard, which was part of Pete's question, I don't know. But I do know that before he signed for Real Madrid the first time, Liverpool were obsessed by him. And they used Steven Gerrard to take him over to Melwood to show him round. And they put Steven Gerrard on the phone to him. And, and Odegaard and his dad were a bit bewitched. And, and Liverpool thought that um, of the two crown princes that were coming through at the same time at the same youth tournaments it was Pulisic and um, Odegaard and Odegaard had all the profile because his dad was very mouthy and Liverpool are of the opinion still of the opinion that they love him that they would want him he grew up a Liverpool supporter and it was only his dad turning young Martin's mind at the last minute to Real Madrid that that Kai bossed out the first time so I spoke to Liverpool this last 10 days and they were like, wow, it's unbelievable. They felt like Pete did. It's unbelievable that he's not being used. It's unbelievable that he can't get a spot for the cup, at least to revindicate himself. But they weren't in. And they'll be watching really closely. And if he's for sale um, in the summer, which I think the portents are that he will be, they'll, they'll be in. For sure they'll be in. And... You know, he's, he's at almost identical age with Pulisic. So that means there is enormous amount still to come in terms of getting rid of this tendonitis and him establishing himself as a, a player who, who wants the ball, gets between lines and makes things happen. So I, I'm not brutally uh, despondent because there's, there's masses of time left for him to flourish and become special. But the, the, the right now question is, is I, I feel it's as, as odd as, as Pete does. Love to see him in that Arteta. I, I tell you, I'd love to see Ar- Arteta's off the scale as a coach. Arteta is off the scale good. And I tweeted about the the shit that was being thrown at him during their bad run. Arteta is is a standout, and if they if Barca don't get Xavi, they should be smashing Arsenal's door down. And Odegaard being coached by Arteta all day long. Take that.
I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So we have a very clear link then to our next social who's Martin Seabright. Hi Martin and thanks for your question. He says, hola. When you analyze Zidane as a manager, what do you consider his strengths and weaknesses? He's won a lot of trophies, but at the same time, there appear glaring weaknesses in his use of his squad this year in particular. Now, look, this touches on a few of the themes that you've both talked about already in the question um, about Odegaard. But if we kind of broaden it out into um, Zidane, what's the phrase that you used? Uh, immune, Graham, um, a guy with this history at the club, both as a player and uh, a record-breaking coach. When you look at this season and his record in the round, what do you see as his? I mean, we've we've tried to we've tried to divine what it was that he had when he was at his peak, and now that he's experiencing a bit of difficulty, where do you think the the weak spots are, Graham? Do you want to start? Well, I will. Although I think I'd, I'd be fascinated to hear what Pete says because his view on Zidane has always uh, caught my attention. I I don't. You know, as as is often the case, um, I, I can see grey areas, and I don't think he's ever pretended to be one of the most uh, strategically complicated uh, football coaches. I think that um, he's perfect for Real Madrid because Real Madrid, as a club, wants stars. Um, they don't want a revolutionary new way to to play four three three. They don't want to be regarded as the open university with, you know, buffin-type hair and a white lab coat. and So what I mean by that is they, they sign stars and they have players who behave like stars and Zidane's team functions when individual clusters of stars shine. It's, it's not very strategic. It's not very system-based. There are systematic aspects about a team sport. Of course there are. But Zidane's... Three great benefits at Real Madrid have been that he is the, I'm not afraid to use this expression again, he's the player whisperer. And that's why recent times have been annoying and confusing because he has been able to make a series of footballers who are either good and could be better, raise their level, or a series of footballers who are slightly peripheral, believe that they have an opportunity, believe that it's worth being loyal to the cause, and believe that when they get given their opportunity, they'll step up. And and th- in modern football, those are enormous attributes, g- gigantic attributes, because it's all very well saying it's a squad game, but if a third of your squad thinks, I'm never going to get a fucking game. Now, Isco didn't think that about Zidane. But lately, he's been caught saying it. The players who've been frozen out and moved on thought it. But the vast bulk of his squad for the longest time thought, if I work hard every day and subconsciously not even notice that I'm actually getting better every day because I'm working it every day, the virtual the virtuous circle, um, then when my chance 
come sit down, I'll tap me on the shoulder and I'll, and I'll be good. The second thing that I think was really, really important is that one-on-one, I think he remains inspirational. He doesn't have to say very much. He's He's got a, a big physical presence. He's got a... Um, I think the way that the look that he gives players when he's talking to them, that direct focus, there are some people that when you give that direct focus to other people, it's electric. He's got that, and and thirdly, and this is important at Real Madrid, it, it's it's a presidential club, and Zidane and Florentino, as unlikely bedfellows as Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito, um, it's it's worked. And that has meant that the squad um, has a buffer between them and their um, sometimes impetuous president. Not all coaches have that at Real Madrid. So combine all these things and the fact that he's got good players and the club isn't expected to play systematically week in, week out the same way. They just want to win and entertain. He's been good for them. But recently, the fact that it's clear that a large part of his squad has felt a bit ostrich-sized, um, a large part of his squad has felt a little bit um, ignored, um, certain footballers have been played until they're falling over, They it's Pavlovian, they need to be, I've lived this way so I recognise it, they need to put themselves in danger and teeter on the edge before they go, oh, I'm still here, don't worry, I'm still here, Hopper. and that's not the way to win league titles. So... Recent weeks where he's gone same 11, same 12, same 11, same 12, week in, week out, has been odd. His players have showed that they think it's odd. And in the cup game, when they got knocked out, footballers who you should have been able to count on 100% didn't rise to the occasion. So these these are odd times. So, Pete, was that um, unbelievable result in the cup? Um, Was that emblematic of other problems or can we set that aside and say well that's a freak but there's this other stuff here that's probably broken too the cup they've gone from one extreme to the other in Spain the cup used to be um, a kind of free pass into the final for the, for Barca Madrid that was all they wanted they wanted a Barca Madrid final they did everything possible to make that happen seeded draws the two legs all the rest of it and they've now gone to the other extreme where it is actually very treacherous territory for the big teams that's why Atletico have been knocked out and Real Madrid have been knocked out and if you I mean, Atletico, the pitch they had to play on, I don't know, 10 o'clock kickoff on a kind of 1980s style plastic pitch. So many other games to play and it's just one leg. No surprise they get knocked out. Real Madrid out as well. Um, The biggest criticism of Zidane, I think, is that I struggle to name a single young player that he has taken um, under his wing and moulded and and improved and stuck with because even now Valverde's out of favour. and that's that's the big that's the big doubt about him. Now, as Graham rightly says, he doesn't care that that's the doubt about him. Um, he, he's won everything in the game as a player and as a manager, and, and he's not bothered. And he suits me Real Madrid in the sense that Graham says they don't want to reinvent football. And he has got that aura about him. He's got that kind of you know the ready brack have glow about him. You see him at the training ground, and you know the players are he's he's crossing the ball in, and they're they're pinging the volleys in, and, and the big broad smile on the face because they just scored from a Zidane assist, and he'll never ever lose that. The problem at the moment is that there's a disconnect between Zidane and what Zidane sees as the way forward and what the club sees as the way forward because the club has invested in in players around 1918, 1920 for the last four or five years and spent big money on them. Vinicius was 45 million, I think, as an 18-year-old. 
Um, so they they want to develop these young players. Um, and Zidane doesn't seem to be able or too interested in doing that. Um, and, you know, he has that loyal group. And every time his job is on the line, um, be that really on the line or be it on the line on the front page of Marco, the same players stand up. And it was the same at the weekend. They get knocked out of the cup. And who stands up to get him out of trouble? Casemiro gets the first goal. Benzema scores twice. Modric is absolutely brilliant. So what happens when those three... Um, and in particular, Benzema and Modric coming towards the end, Ramos as well. Um, beyond that, they're not building anything to replace to replace those players. And Vinicius and Rodrigo and now even Valverde and Odegaard and the likes of uh, Akraf and, Re- and Reguilon and Marcus Llorente who have gone and Ceballos, you know, they're not looking like they're going to replace the Ramoses and the Modric's and the Benzema's. And... Jovic is another example. He's he's scored in the, in the two games he's played out on loan. Um, so you know that's the question mark about uh, over Zidane, and you know he doesn't care um, because of, because of what he's achieved. But that's why it's no surprise when you read. I think Bill yesterday was talking about Nagelsmann, and you know Graham's forgotten more about Nagelsmann than I'll ever know. But um, I'm probably not even saying his name right. But he's a, he's a young coach and works brilliant with young players, and I think that's well the way they'll go next. My only doubt about the theory that Zidane will definitely go in the summer, and some people believe that, is that that whole special quality and that whole aura thing does help them get players and if Mbappé is the man they want more than any other does it help them get Mbappé that Zidane is still the coach but that aside I think they're already thinking about we need a younger coach or at least a coach who works better with younger players Okay guys one more for part one of this month's Q&A and it's from our sponsors Bet365 who and um, feel free to look beyond Spain if you'd rather or focus on La Liga who has done the best deal of the window so far? So done deals, in your opinion, the best or even the most interesting transfer and someone's open to whoever comes up with their with their name first. It's not Rangers um, who've taken uh, Scott Wright off the mighty dandies because anybody that we're unable to retain doesn't need retaining. Um, so uh, if, we, if we start um, at home... I mean, there hasn't been an awful lot of business. Uh, best business. We talked about uh, Carlos Fernandez. If, if socios and sponsors don't know much about him, he's Sevilla bred. Um, played very well, very excitingly uh, at Granada. Looked, looked rangy. Looked as if he had that ability to, um, uh, without being a central striker, as Pete pointed out, come onto the ball, arrive late, cause chaos. Um, and at La Real, with the ability to use the ball that they've got, I, I, I like his chances of looking pretty sexy. I, I think that, uh, I don't know if it's called a signing as far as the sponsors are concerned, but um, Barcelona have the chance to to promote and therefore make a signing out of uh, Ilax Moriba from their youth academy and play him in centre midfield. And Conrad as well, who I think has a poss- possibility of moving to Valladolid. I-, I like Conrad. I think he's, I think he's very skilled. I think in 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 the last sixteen eighteen months, he's added brains to go with the technique that made him eye catching uh, before. Um, Pete Athletic can't bring anybody in. Um, I can't remember. 
Betis have taken anybody? There, there are a couple. Um, the one that's happened, but he hasn't started playing yet, um, who is exciting, and one that may happen. Um, the one that may happen, Papo Gomez. I mean, if he goes to Sevilla, then that's you know that's a that's a, that's a potentially sensational one. Um, and Atletico taking Musa Dembele. I mean, that that's that also is potentially really big as well because um, you know Suarez is doing brilliantly at the moment. But I mean, he's, he's what has he got? Twelve goals in sixteen shots. I mean. As good as he is, that's not going to go on for the whole season, surely. And um, you know, there are certain games when they want somebody to run run beyond, and and you know, when they they need a different sort of striker, and and, and Musa Dembélé could be that man. And you know, it didn't go too well for them last night because we're recording this, you know, twelve hours after Getafe got beat five one by Athletic. But I'm excited by Alenia and Kubo going there. Let's see how Borderlass works it out. He's playing them at the moment. He didn't seem very excited at all about Kubo's signing originally. He kept on referring to it as the club want to bring him in, the club want to bring him in, but he played again last night. So, as I say, it didn't work too well last night, but maybe that gives them something a little bit different. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's things going on. Betis, Graham, I, I can't... I don't think they have brought anyone in at the moment. Uh- I don't think they've done anything because they have a clutch of players who are on two, 2.5, 3.5 million a year net. So they desperately, desperately need to get rid of footballers before they can even think about bringing anybody else in. So Pete, having sharpened my head, I, I wish I could be saying the same about Kubo because I adore him as a footballer. But Angel Torres, the Madrid social, Madrid supporting Hidafi president, has done... Um, has done Romadid a turn. I, I think, and, and this is a slightly lateral answer to our sponsor's question, I, I think Borderlass isn't far off the sack, as mad as that sounds, because of what Angel Torres is like. I think Kubo was taken in with the idea that it would probably be another coach coaching him. Kubo and Borderlass aren't going to get on. Um, I don't think there's any question of that. Therefore, I'm depressed about it I don't really want Borlas to be sacked he's done amazing things amazing things at Hitafi and the idea of him getting back to basics and playing the way that they always did with maybe one extra signing and Alenia is a different footballer from, from Taki Kubo and has the nous about him to add the little the little paprika that the, that the mix needed at, at Hitafi for sure but I'm really depressed about it it's, I think it's going to be Taki or it's going to be Borderlass. Uh, Papu's a great shout because he's pure anarchy and pure invention and cleverness and with him playing around Suso and Endaziri and who do I enjoy watching a campus is a complete football nutcase um, I, I, whether Papu Gomez helps unlock the, the preternaturally slow look de Jong or not I don't know but this guy um, is just is such a fantastic, exciting, now relatively senior footballer. But I spoke to Duvan Zapata, I interviewed him for UEFA, the, the striker at, um, I'm certain, Colombian striker at Atlanta at the beginning of the season. He was ranting and raving about playing next to this just this pocket genius in Papu Gomez. So Monchi strikes again. And um, as far as the other leagues, I... I I don't know. I don't know who's moved in England. There's not a lot of traffic, is there? The the, the most notable January move probably you've talked about already, guys, to be honest, which is William Jose to uh, Wolves and then probably Ozil leaving Arsenal. 
um, being the other one, and, and potentially Odegaard. So we've we've sort of treaded a lot of that ground already. I mean, I'm not enjoying the conservatism that Unai Emery's showing at Villarreal, but they're enjoying the results, and they've had such brutal luck um, with Coquelin never quite looking fully ready. He's been tending an injury, playing through an injury, and then Ibora, who's vital, getting injured, and then to sign Kapu. Is, is is you see exactly what he's meant to do, and if he allows Danny Parejo the platform to keep being himself, and and Chiquizzi gets back in the team, and Gerard uh, starts scoring in him, and a little um, Paco starts scoring again, then Capu can be the rock upon which a really exciting yellow submarine can can build um, for the remainder of the season. But it, it isn't. Why were you? Why who are you in love with in that little? You said my favourite. You, you, as soon as his name comes up, I, I have to react. Prejo is uh, it's my guy. Oh, different, different class, different class. And listen, there's one that maybe we should finish on because he isn't going to show that he was signed in this window. But it's Dimitrovic. Dimitrovic is going to be a Sevilla player for the next three years. He's going to join them on freedom of contract at the end of the season. That signing's done, as far as I understand it now. And in my opinion, apart, aside from his penalty-taking skills, which he showed against Atleti um, in midweek, I think Dimitrovic is an oblack quality goalkeeper. Except he hasn't he hasn't been playing in an Atleti side that diminishes the number of chances or one-on-ones that you got to face by 40 percent. And Dimitrovic is is as, is as good as all. you could take oblack out for a hundred million euros. Uh, put him somewhere where a team is willing to pay that, and you could put um, Dimitrovic in instead of All Black at Atleti, and nobody would miss a beat. He's that good. So Monchi strikes again. Okay, that's it for the first part of this month's Q and A. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow, actually, with more from Pete and Graham. Thank you to both of you. Thanks to the socios who sent questions in, and thank you for listening. Have a good day. Bye bye. mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.